Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. I think there was a big storm coming, would you? The storm is coming. What did he just say? He said there's a storm coming. At the heart of the storm is a source of evil that will change their lives forever. I don't understand why you chose me. You want to change the world, son. So do I. Want to change the world? Don't know how to begin. I start with a smile. Be honest. It's love! The super greatest love! Okay, just calm down. What the hell are we doing here, Harry? All you have to do is give me answers. Just, just give me the right answer. Tell the truth! You can't handle the truth! I can't promise I'll try. But I'll try to try. We can figure this out, right? We can figure this out, right? Hello, everybody, and welcome to Worship in the Storm with myself, Emmanuel Kingman, and my co-host, Andy Rails. What's up, Andy? How are you? What's up, homie? How's it going, everybody? Oh, I think that everyone's doing excellent. It's a Friday night. Mimi's here as well. Hello, Mimi. Hello. How are you doing tonight? I am well. A little feisty earlier. Always <laughs> feisty. <laughs> yeah, we, we had some cake tonight. So, yes, you know, we we're like children. <laughs> we got that yeah. little bit of that spirit stuck in us from the children, which is, you know, yeah. it's not a bad thing. Oh, dude, we had it this past weekend at my son's birthday party. I mean, he's got an October birthday. So does my wife. We're all obsessed with Halloween. So we had a, a costume Halloween party for him. And oh, yeah, nice. we had a bunch of kids on cake, on cake, you know, on cake, <laughs> <laughs> going crazy. It was awesome. It was yeah, really we cool. were at a birthday party, too. And then Sunday is another birthday party. They're siblings as well. So oh, a wow. reminder to just go crazy and do what you want to do. Eat some cake. Blow out yeah. somebody else's candles. Do whatever you want to do. Yeah. yeah. And, and these kids, they take three bites. They just scream. They get down. They run. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And we, this one, she was, uh, she looked like she was uh, six lines deep in New York City in the 70s, you know? <laughs> like she was a she had a, zooming a, a, around. a little trunk or treat at school. And then she came home and had cake yeah. and candy. Oh, man. Oh. Blinded by the light. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yes. So, so what's been going on this week, Andy? I mean, you have oh. had some great bangers uh, drop this week. Oh, thanks, man. So did you. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, actually, I, these were some of my uh, two favorite episodes, actually, Tuesday and Thursday's episodes. Uh, and yours, I mean, with the box saga, uh, you and Dan and Aki, that was yeah. a really good one. It was an introduction for me. Uh, well, I mean, I have, you know, a little tiny bit, but that was a... A nice uh, full introduction, you know, a little bit from the beginning to now. It was uh, he did a nice job pre uh, presenting it, so you know, I was yeah. really blown away. Dan does a great job 
uh, with a lot of this stuff. Uh, but yeah, he's he's got Box Saga in his head. Uh, for, he's had it in his head for a lot longer than I've had it in my okay. head. And so it's 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 not like a conspiracy theory where it's like, yo, here's the facts. Boom, boom, boom. Isn't that crazy? It's this whole like system that you kind of have to learn before you have that aha moment and go, whoa, this is way too coincidental. Like that whole thing. It takes a while to get there with Box Saga. And you got to get past a lot of squirrely weird shit too that a lot of people immediately turn off from. So it's it's a really deep topic, but that's what Roots of Creation is going to be for. And we're going to be having on that podcast for guests the foremost people in the world that understand Bach Saga. We're talking the primary sources that came right from Eeyore Bach. And when's, uh, when do you guys start that? We start 11-11. Oh, um, boom. Is that the first the, day it comes out? That's the first day it comes out. Uh, okay. The first episode's just the three of us kind of setting the stage and talking nice. about, uh, we go through all the claims of the box saga. Okay. And that even just going through the claims themselves from the, the horse's mouth almost does nothing. It's so vague. It's like, okay, well, those are ridiculous claims. You know, you have to read so much and listen so much. And so it's going to be us quite as, I think it's going to be more serious than it's going to be entertainment yeah. to be honest. So yeah, it's, it's okay, a learning process. It, it it's is. excellent stuff to learn. It's really cool. And you know, we're not suggesting that, or well, maybe we are personally in some ways, but I, I think it's a great tool and we don't know what it all means yet, right. but what it implies so far is just really intense and stuff yeah. you can't get around and dan's got the other side of it where he is so yeah, i want to have to talk to him on my podcast yeah, about I think it you, yeah you guys would i've told him too that you guys would have an excellent conversation so yeah, yeah it sounds like he's been studying the bible and he studied other Big ancient time. myths you know uh he i haven't checked out their podcast i know that we follow each other on instagram but i haven't checked out his podcast yet but yeah i definitely want to uh Talk to him about it. He put it in a really uh, cool way. And actually, you know, this week I got a lot of psychic information on the creation stories. If, you know, I I can uh, give you a little breakdown of something that came yeah. through me earlier today. So we have all these different creation myths all over the world, right? The different ones. They're all very similar but still different. Okay, mm -hmm. so what I got today was that before the earth was the earth okay let's take it back to creation was on a much higher scale and we are like the the later creation if you will so there was god the the god of everything created different what we might call angels or some of them may call be called gods uh mm -hmm. and so these creator gods then were creating uh, realms all over the place they were making their own little worlds then they came to earth and it was kind of like realm where everybody kind of threw in for a playground type of thing so and i got last week that there was every planet that came down there was between 1500 and 27,000 different uh souls or beings that we would know and that's why some seem like npcs it kind of seems like a unity mind it's because they're being controlled by you know whatever else is is much larger that can't be in the physical realm 
So it, it's very much being controlled in the spiritual. So, okay, these gods all created their own little sections. So you had like Hindus here, you had Native Americans here, you had, uh, you know, Europeans here, you had Africans here, all over the entire earth. Everyone had their own creator gods. So then what happened was God, the creator of those creator gods, came and created his own creation called Adam and Eve. And he put his creation here and told his creation, go multiply with everything else because he wanted his Holy Spirit in everything so that there were no more NPCs, so that everything wasn't being controlled by the Creator God because God wanted everyone down here to understand that their gods were keeping them down, that they didn't need to be doing what they were doing. They didn't need to live a full life of suffering. They could do what Jesus did was live a life of suffering to a point and then you transmute it. And the transmutation of Jesus's process is the perfection. It is going from, we don't know exactly what it was from 13 to 29 that wasn't talked about, but he was obviously someone who came up and was very intelligent up until 12 and then he disappears in the Bible. But then it's his transformation of perfection, of doing God's will that changes everything. Then he dies on the cross. And uh, so when we look at this, we have to realize that all of creation was created outside of creation. But creation yes. itself has to go through an evolution. So so what I'm about to say here, you have to imagine there's two different things happening at once, that, that the creator was always this. But before Jesus did his thing, it wasn't, Jesus. But once he did his thing, it turned into Jesus, but it was always Jesus. It just had to actually happen in order yes. for that to happen. So, so th that's how Jesus it sounded like a word salad, but it literally, yeah. I, I followed the whole thing. Okay. Well, I'm glad you followed it. Cause no, it's, I did. It, it's tough to understand that it's like two different things, like one outside of it and one inside of it. So once the right. inside one changed, the outside one changed. And it turns out that it was Jesus Christ was the creator of even all the fallen angels and all the other gods, but they're not any different. You know, the colors uh, don't matter. You know, he created everybody differently on purpose so that everyone was different. He didn't want everybody the same. He wanted everyone to be different, but he also didn't want his sons uh, running amok like they did. So what happened? The fallen angels end up coming down here six generations into God's creation because they realize, oh shit, God's creation is more powerful than our creations, and it's actually changing our people. We need to actually go down there and physically incarnate, and we need to reproduce with our own creations. So that's what started happening. They came down here, and they started reproducing and living amongst their creation. They needed to multiply. Yeah, so uh, God wanted Adam and Eve. Yeah, right. and God wanted Adam and Eve to compete because he knew the angels would then pervert everything to try to pervert God's line. But God was like, yes, I want you to do that so that I can then wake up all their spirit at once. And this is the time that now we are all Israelites. We are all have the Holy Spirit in us. Every person on earth, however many there are, they're, well, you know, maybe not every human. There may be some things that look like humans that are walking around these days. But all the humans are Israelites, and we are all have God's Spirit in them. And, uh, you know, once I, I got that information today, I was like, wow, 
mind blown. It's crazy that that thing I told you about that 11 minute video that I was telling you about kind of matches up with certain things. Like at least it like, you know, it pinged off a bunch of parts of that video. You're the I don't fourth. Wanna, I, I don't want to get into it yet, but that, yeah. <laughs> You're the fourth person this week that told me something that I said that I had to download about matched up with something they have seen before. Mm. You know, literally the fourth person in one week. <laughs> well, have you have you also noticed like a an increase in uh, like it's an exponential? It's it's speeding up when it comes to the synchronicities. Oh yeah. I so one and I say it a lot. I've I run into synchronicities specifically every time I've met a new podcaster. It's yeah. you know when we do a swap just more aware. I think okay. they just <laughs> gain more it. awareness and you know like you used to say you think of a certain car you end up seeing that car all the time. So as you talk yeah. with new people then you start seeing what those people were talking about. Well, I'll tell you what someone told me was that say you take a road trip, right? Uh you go out to California. And then you're driving home, and the closer you get to home, the more you recognize. You know, you start to realize your highway, and then you get closer to your home, and maybe you see, like, an exit you've always seen your entire life, and then you get off the exit, and you're back on the very familiar roads. So yeah. we're, you know, like Ramdas always said, we're being walked home, you know? Love so We're all so, just walking each other home. That's right, like my so, favorite line that he's ever said. Exactly. I know it was. And, uh, you know, that's, <laughs> that's why this one goes right along with it. When we're going home, we start to recognize more. So that's what synchronicities that's are. so perfect, dude. Yeah. Oh, it matches up with the Beatles song, too. Once there was a way. Well, no, not really. But <laughs> never mind. <laughs> I'm sure it matches some Beatles song. It, of course. Definitely. Of course. Um, yeah, dude. So there's a lot to unpack in what you what you saw and what you've i mean damn it's multi-layered it comes in over days it's just i i keep seeing red versus blue i keep seeing like the 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 thing that's been happening forever even on like a literary level we see it they talk about how this it's like two factions vying for power in a light and dark side basically it's this is permeated throughout that all of our culture yeah purple is illusion and i actually then there's actually more well, to right, it but that's the blue and the red mixing together yeah the purple also. the illusion make the purple well, yeah true but, and there's only this conflict Sporting. here in three dimensions in this time in time and space mm-hmm. outside of time and space there is no conflict you know everything is just happening so it's like it's only here that that division exists and that makes sense anyway that flows so of course the two illusory opposites are gonna come together and show its true face as the purple as to be the illusion yeah Uh, so it does work i I forgot about this part this is the last piece that came in today so this if you think your mind's blown already just wait what's about to happen (laughs) okay so there's more drop it what you got so Okay, Jesus is resurrected into the spirit when he dies, right? And all consciousness takes the form of Jesus uh, in, in his honor and becomes Jesus, the, the creator. You know, it all happens all at once. But also what happens is there is necromancy, bringing back the dead, performed on the body of Yeshua ben Joseph, or Yosef, you know, I don't know how to exactly say it, but 
it's necromancy performed on him by Pontius Pilate. And he raises the dead, but it's not actually the same spirit as Jesus. It's something pretending to be Jesus. So he goes around and populates and starts having sex with women all over the world, goes to France with Mary Magdalene, but is also spreading false knowledge. But what this does is this puts the seed of the Creator all throughout the world so that the sons of God who defied God could then be born into human bodies, which we are doing now, so that we could come to the realization that it was us turning away from God that got this place into the mess that it's in. And that's the story of the fallen angels. Dude, you... The combining of the serpent seed. No, the the serpent seed and God's spirit. It's the two combining. That is what we are. It's so, yeah, it's the staff of a scope. What is it? A a scopius or a clepius? I can't remember. You know what I'm talking about? This to the snake, the, the, uh, uh, yeah. Caduceus. Is it the caduceus? Yeah. With the snake wrapped around the, uh, The cross, or the, the, I keep the saying snakes around. Staff. Yeah, the staff, staff of as yeah, Asclepius, staff of Asclepius. Oh, okay. Which, so the staff, that's um, yeah, and it at the top there's wings because yeah. it's the two, it's the eagle and serpent, mm-hmm. but they are not separate opposing forces; they are one. Yeah, that's what we're doing. We're cutting off the heads of our snakes, and we are combining the energy of the snake with the knowledge of the eagle beautifully said man yeah yeah, yeah that's what that. we are <laughs> and you know it, it's it's wild how it works out that way but you know that's what is so i want to touch on something you said there about like when we turned away from god is what all this happened um now all things being as above so below in my eyes I, I see that statement right there and it, it's like a Russian doll throughout every level of reality to me mm-hmm. where you can be talking about the creator and you and the population turning away from God you can also talk about that metaphorically as turning away from holy things and being holy and, and yes, away from inner self and distractions abound. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so where was I going? So turning away from God, when I went into my first psilocybin trip, when I was much, much younger, um, the most intense realization was it wasn't necessarily, I didn't see Jesus, I didn't see uh, personal God, but I think that's designed too. I think we see what we want to see. It's part of our mind. We're only seeing what we remember anyway. Um, what I experienced was an, a wisdom that I had turned away from something, God, creation itself, uh, love, eternity, uh, a memory that I had forgotten for all my life, you know, uh, something like that, a memory that I didn't know I had, mm-hmm. a life, uh, an existence that I forgot about, that I had tucked away. And that I had turned away. And so at that point, I made a dedic, like a, a, a promise to myself 
because that's that's how I took it in that moment. It was like I was talking to my inner child or my higher self or God, or I, I was accepting at that moment of any description. And forevermore, I still ha- I still am, as we discussed last week or two weeks ago. So that being said, I told myself that I would absolutely never, ever forget him ever again, or it, or whatever it was. Right. And from that moment, I never really have, but all the evidence that I could recall in that trip of that proved to my gross physical ego that this was legit and I couldn't deny it. I can't conjure any of those examples. The ego has suppressed all of them. So I still have to want, like, I don't wonder, I know I have this gnosis, but there's still, I can feel my ego literally trying to make me still guess like, hmm. yeah, but what if it's not, what if it's not, what if it's not, what if it's not, what if you, you want to know something? What is it? What is it directing you away from by doing that? By saying, what, it's is, just it? what confusing is it? What is it? It's just confusing. It's, you. Well, it's so, taking me away from my confidence in. Right. right. Push uh, that away. What's behind it? That. Yeah, so uh, what you know what yep. uh yeah that's exactly what they they did their they did their job then <laughs> all those questions you you're familiar right. with Thoth. you're familiar with Thoth, right yes okay so one time i heard somebody say Thoth represents thought and yeah i was bef- about to say that <laughs> yeah and so i before i heard this concept i was told not to trust Thoth. you know don't trust or uh Thoth, I, I think it was said, like, you know, however it's pronounced. Thought. Non-trust. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thought. Okay, yeah. So, or taught. Yeah, yeah. I, and I was told not to trust that. and because, because what it is, it's our logical mind that wants to deny us our, uh, because it doesn't exist mind, any longer period. if our mind takes over, you know, ma- uh, mind over matter. It's a dialogue that creates the the maze from the shining in your head. I mean, like, the purest definition of mind control is your mind, mind control. It is just, that's what it does. You have your yeah, mind control. It has yeah. control all the time. And yeah, absolutely. Like, I think I said it last time, or I've said it on other podcasts, how like one of my trips kind of showed me that I had been running a conspiracy on myself my whole life. Yeah. And it's, mm-hmm. it's still the same thing. I said it differently this time. Like I turned away from God, creation everything um you don't need mk ultra you're no, still you gonna do it to program yourself, yourself. You're, yeah. yeah well yeah it's a yeah. battle that's why christians always say born sinners because our body is born out of sin so that's what its natural process is yeah. while the spirit is born out of love and that's what yes. its natural process is and the spirit has the opportunity to make the body conform to it which is the woman uh obeying the man that is the pretty much the entirety of it is just making your physical body obey your spirit for each individual person. It's not really that, you know, Mimi has to obey me. I'm not in no, charge it has of to her. Do with yourself. Right. The, the feminine and the masculine in right. yourself only. Right. And it's interesting because, and nothing against any trans person at all. I'm totally accepting, you know, live however the hell you want to live. But just by the definitions themselves and how and what it means in these ancient systems, 
what do the elites do, right? What do the big bad guys do? They invert everything, right? Mm -hmm. They turn everything on its head. Mm -hmm. Well, what have they done with this beautiful union of masculine and feminine that is a a, a cognitive spiritual concept? They've uh, put it into gross physical reality. Right. They've brought it out. Isn't and that, that interesting? That's what, and that's again, what, nothing wrong. I'm not saying anything negative about it. Right. I'm saying course. what they have put on it. Right. You know? And what it actually, it was born out of worship for androgynous angels and service to them. Uh, I had Ed Dodge on. He was telling us about this. That's what patriarchy was born out of because it was uh, a... Uh, the worship became very uh, perverted, The what was going on and what was happening. And uh, like you were saying, you know, this isn't against anybody in, in choosing to do people. whatever. We're always right. against them that are trying right. to make us and sound what it like means. we're against people. Right. And what <laughs> it actually means in a higher sense of, of what's happening there, you know, and there's just so much people have been messed with and experimented on. Uh, in so many different ways and it's so open and blatant Uh, i saw this one woman today from the european parliament i believe she was saying no government in history has ever done the will of the people Uh, if your government is telling you to do something question it if they're not doing something question it she goes there's uh, no way you can ever make me do something and won't tell me the side effects and the risks and have an accurate description of what's yeah, going on for, in the, in the name of freedom. She said, I yeah. remember that yeah, it was, she's and, like, I'm already free. I don't need this. And she was standing free. So there was three, <laughs> yeah. three people up there at three different booths and maybe they were running for, I'm, I'm not sure what it was. It was just a clip, but uh, the other two people looked horrified looking at her. Like, yeah, looking all did around. you just tell them the truth? <laughs> Did, did you just stand in your true honor? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, so rare, but it's not. I, I, I'm used to saying that. It's not rare anymore, man. This shit's spreading. And I think mm-hmm. it's inevitable that it's, it's all coming to fruition. And this doesn't have to be any big, the end is nigh. It's, it's mm-hmm. no, the beginning is nigh. You know, yeah. it's, that's, that's what's happening. That's how I'm taking it anyway. Can I, oh, dude, can I talk a little bit? A little bit about this video clip I saw. Get into it. Okay, so it's two months old. So maybe it's old news to everybody. I don't know. But it's supposedly this ex-military intelligence guy. Who knows? Maybe it's all fake. But you know when you listen to someone's voice and they're not selling anything? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And they're just, they've been coaxed into or asked to talk sort of situation. And he goes on for 11 minutes in a, this nervous, nerdy voice talking about his involvement with supposedly Project Looking Glass. Okay. And I never, ever gave really any deeper look into Project Looking Glass. I'll be honest about it. Because the whole time thing, I... You've never I've looked into re- the Yellow Cube? No. Actually, I've never heard of the Yellow Cube. Oh, man. <laughs> I got a story for you. Uh, all right. Well, the, all right. The, the yellow cube i'll just say briefly but the yellow cube goes with project looking glass that the day that i learned of it i had a dream and in my dream i saw that there was an arrow a cloud arrow pointing to exactly where i was on the earth you know like there was a whole earth 
and it, it was round, but there was a whole earth. <laughs> And there was a big old arrow and it was pointing there and it was like blinking, but then it was cloud colors. And then I woke up and it was completely foggy outside. But right before that, I was holding a cube in my hand, but it was gray like the clouds and it was swirling. And then I realized that I was holding the earth in my hand. There was the earth was being projected from this cube and there was an arrow on it pointing to where exactly I was on the it's earth. It's like a cell phone. It was a dream I woke up from the night after learning about it. Yeah, super It is like weird. a cell phone. Creepy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, sorry for interrupting you, though. No, that's okay. Just remind me where the hell I was. You, well, yeah, you should check all... <laughs> Video uh, clip. You should check out yeah, uh, yeah. Carrie Cassidy with Project Camelot. She, uh, yes, I do need to check her. Unless unless it's where I saw this video. She may could, have posted it. Could be. It is a nerdy guy but this is like 10 years old uh that what i'm talking about so this at least uh the video or maybe clips, 2012 yes that's literally what i'm talking about too because he was talking <laughs> okay. about 2012 in the past he didn't maybe this was just a clip that i saw of a larger piece because okay. this person is talking was about, he wearing a yellow suit unfortunately it was just mountains okay oh <laughs> yeah did, yeah this is it though i seen it Okay. Yeah, this is that All one. Right. Yeah. So we can talk about this. This is that so, video. Okay. Yeah. So you can so watch for the, the listeners that interview. have no fucking clue what we're talking about right now and the viewers. It's this video of this military guy talking about Project Looking Glass and his involvement. And it's he's basically going over how the elites of the world found out that beyond 2012, things got fuzzy. But the conclusions that they came from, all the information they gathered, all of the, the information was pointing to that we were heading towards a bottleneck where all possible futures are going to collapse into one. And some characteristic of this bottleneck was that all will be revealed. He called it the awakening process. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't say it in any sort of zealous or salesman, very Gaia kind of way. None it of that. It was in 2012 it's, or 2011, maybe actually something like something that. Something like that. Yeah. And, but what he's talking about, I love his metaphor. He says it's two chess masters mm -hmm. and the one guy looks down and sees that in seven moves, he's in checkmate. Mm -hmm. and he looks up and he knows that his opponent also knows this too and at this point all he can do is prolong the game because the game is already lost mm -hmm. and that gave me chills man <laughs> and maybe i'm giving into something provocative you know that's part of my mind did maybe that's the same part of my mind it's like yeah but what if it's not true bro <laughs> What if none of it's and real? Man? That's its job. And I that's know. why you don't need TV. <laughs> you don't need anything but yourself to put yourself in a hole. Yeah. I don't think, Absolutely. I think them, I think them is us. <laughs> it is. It is. Absolutely. <laughs> I just use, I use the term because it's so easy. Right. It's easy to blame somebody like, else. <laughs> it's so weird. Like we use their technology, right? Even though it's uh it's helping us but it's heading towards something terrible right and like we can't get around it we call it them even though it's us it's just well, i don't our think language. it is us actually the, so in part what, it, it is we have done this to ourselves but i think because i've been getting a lot that our computers tv screens and uh cell phones Add to it, are sure. coming they're letting in other dimensions it's literally an interdimensional device we are like I'm looking at you through this screen, but it's not you that I'm actually looking at. It's a projection of you, just like you are looking at a projection yeah. of me. It's not real, 
we are traveling interdimensionally through hyperspace, the same hyperspace you go to when you do psychedelics. You run into the machine elves, the demons that, that are architects that make create this world for us. They somehow leaked into this place and started fucking with everything. So, yeah. so I don't, but they can't actually do anything to us, but they can inhabit bodies in different ways and they can trick us into hurting ourselves and each other. Yeah, I definitely think that there are uh, people. They're and parasites that, that got into our brain, essentially. Intensify. Uh, you had a great episode <laughs> that I listened to today about that. Sorry. With Clint Richardson? Yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Mimi. We'll talk about that. No, it's okay. Go ahead. Well, that was yeah, all I was going to say. I, that's it. I haven't dug into it too deep yet, but yeah, he did send me some links like he said he was going to in the show. Uh, I've, and I've um, been taking Paracel. Uh, to, well, I, I did a 10-day thing, wormwood, black walnut, uh, garlic, and clove, several, maybe a couple other things, all natural stuff over the counter to get the parasites out of me. Mimi did it. I know some other people that have been doing it. And man, it is life-changing. Dude, I'll do it. Hell yeah, man. That sounds great. Yeah, it is. But Mimi, what'd you think? Oh, it's nothing. It's two pills oh, three times. It's nothing. I meant what it did for you. I mean, I, I will don't tell see you, as big of a difference as he yeah, does. Yeah, she doesn't but... because she doesn't see herself. So, oh, you know, okay. this is just how humans operate. We don't notice the little changes in ourselves, but others, when they're paying attention, Our partners, they can't definitely. Yeah. Yeah. She had a, a transformational a meditation opinions. the first night. Yeah, I I was able to unlock her kundalini the first night, and then she cut the head off of it and plugged that's it right. in. Yeah, yeah, dude, that's why. So I think I need to get like better at meditation before I go through that process with you. <laughs> because nah. like nah. now you think it's I'm like the, a I'm, beginner's thing too. I'm, I'm beginner meditator. I get in trouble for not meditating as often she as just, I should. She knows the <laughs> she knows the instructions well because she's heard me say it so many different times and yeah. and what I do. So she know knew the process and I kind of I was just there like watching her. I just I pulled the mirror away so she could do it. She just didn't know right. it was there. You just happened to come in when I was meditating and then you sat with me. That's right. That yeah, that yeah. is what happened, right? Yeah. So yeah, Clint Richardson and I were talking about this and briefly covered that parasitic idea. And I, you know, a lot of people out there always use the parasite class, the parasitic world controllers. Like yeah, it's so true. always made sense. It makes so much sense because all the characteristics of a parasite you can attribute to, and yeah, let's stop. We don't have to say them, but this mentality perhaps mm -hmm. that spreads like a fucking virus. It's a bug that humanity. gets in your mind. Yeah. And, and like you said, maybe it isn't just us because there does always seem to be some sort of uh, nugget of anecdotal evidence for an outside influence in every mm -hmm. single culture and yeah. it's weird because if we're coming to a bottleneck where all these possible realities could exist simultaneously that might be the only thing that makes sense in my head so far because i see so many lines of thought in our community at large that and some of them don't agree with one another yet they follow all the way through mm -hmm. and they work you know how a friend of mine said spiritual principles are never at odds. And I see that. I think that's a good way to recognize someone that, that gets it. If you get it, because 
you recognize the same language, the same symbolism in the language. It's we're all kind of using metaphor more and mm-hmm. it's just this recognizable thing, I guess. And, and uh, so like the, the two very different perspectives in the say alternative view community seem to follow threads and you can seemingly trust where they go all the way through. And yet they don't line up with one another sometimes. Like what you have shown me since we've begun talking is a side or a, an aspect of Christianity, or at least the uh, gnosis and the spiritual teachings behind Christianity at its roots that I had, I was aware of to a certain degree, but not to what you, like you've given me the rest of the picture. And, and I didn't learn it from Christianity either. You know, I just learned <laughs> I it from know. psychic downloads, uh, which uh, is very strange. The devil work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. I, yeah, it's just, um, yeah, I have a much more full picture of it. It seems now, um, in terms of like how that makes sense to bottleneck everything because otherwise it was, it would seem like an explosion if these ideas couldn't match up at some point, mm-hmm. you know, like this flat earth shit, like some of it, I can't, I cannot get an answer out of anyone. Anyway, yeah. That's I why. either get mockery from people that think they know way better than this and they absolutely can't descend to the level of even questioning it. I get no answers. Absolutely not. And then even from our peers who don't believe it, I can't really get an answer to why do we see so damn far? That's, that's one right there. Like, so, but I don't necessarily believe flat earth. There's a lot of shit that would say, so it's like, well, where do those two two converge? Okay. Here they go. Here you go. So I had on Ryan Zem episode 52. It's called looking through the prism and Antarctica. What, what, what? I have something yeah, I on me. I think I listened to that episode. So, I think I listened to that one. Okay, so Ryan Zim, he, uh, he came up with the idea that there's this thing called atmospheric refraction. So when we look up in the sky, things just go, instead of being straight across, we see them bend. Uh, like a uh, rainbow, it just bends. And we also know that light bends. So... And this brings in another flat earth thing is that snipers, they're not accounting for the curvature of the earth. They're accounting for the curvature of light bending because light bends. We know this the further you get away, it's literally bending down towards you. So when you get far enough away from something, it ends up being in a circle. It ends up being a full circle whenever you're far enough away. Even when you're looking at it with your own two eyes, and there's not a name for it. See, when you look from the Earth up into the sky, it's called atmospheric refraction. But they tell us that there's no, quote-unquote, atmospheric refraction when you're up in the sky looking down. So what he calls it is horizontal refraction. And he is this uh, physics, self-taught physicist, basically. You know, he doesn't have a degree or anything. but So he did this mathematical equation, sent it to a physicist in Germany and in Brazil, and the Brazilian uh, physicist, so they were students working alongside professors, uh, but obviously, you know, highly trained uh, gentlemen. And the Brazil Brazilian guy turned into a flat earther on that basis alone because he said everything else matched up, that 
him realizing that if you are above the earth, the pictures would be round no matter what uh, style camera you may use. And the German guy was, uh, you know, he didn't turn flat earther, but then he started, uh, you know, having questions about everything. You're on mute. Of course I am. Dude, that's <laughs> weird, man. That's something I have not heard. But, you know, you often hear people say, like, it's both, man. It's whatever you want it to be from the lens of your perception. I'm like, that's too loose. So no, I've seen we live it. in a beautiful system here. That's yeah. perfect. Yeah. So well, I don't know. I, I've seen it both ways. I've seen it multiple ways. And when we are on a dimensional scale, we can only see the dimensions that we can see. You know, the, if you start to study quantum physics a bit, they will show you that a two-dimensional object cannot see a three-dimensional object. So a three-dimensional object cannot see a four-dimensional object, so on and so forth. So I have seen, uh, which I talked about with Sam Tripoli on Zero, which you're going to go on there. That's going to be awesome. So I, hey, I'm doing that after this. <laughs> yes. I, so I got to talk to him, and I told him how one time in my meditation I saw that the continents of the earth were jesus's face they made up his face because i saw that on a scale that it came apart it broke apart and got smaller and smaller the coral reef is uh like our pores because something so large which is super hard to comprehend but i also see that each continent could have been its own person and being and we have seven main transgressors the seven wandering planets the seven continents uh, I wonder if they're all somehow the same thing on a smaller and smaller scale. The Russian doll, as Dude, there's we're also talking. the seven, the seven adepts. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn five dollars into one hundred and fifty dollars instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code Champion One Fifty. Then. Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Okay, I don't even know the seven adepts. Uh, let me look that up because I don't know much. Yeah. So I've oh, what, yeah. what my main conclusion is for the Earth is that it is a we are inside of a sphere that there's some kind of sphere containing us in a vast ocean, and inside of the sphere is flat land and water, and it goes straight across. What? What are you making a face for? <laughs> like Sandy Squirrel. 
Well, uh, this is what I was thinking about earlier oh, yeah, today. Yeah, like but, Sandy Squirrel lives in that little thing a full underneath ball. the sea, but she's like, you know. Okay, so instead of just being the dome on top, it's like a full yeah, ball. Yeah, like a dome. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah, like Sandy Squirrel. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, actually. like you're in a bubble, that. like in the ocean, like we're in the sea. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. We're in the, the sea. I had that thought that we're in the. And water. I actually think that the NASA helmets that they have is a mockery of the shape of the Earth because it is actually. Jesus was wearing this uh, helmet, you know, when all the continents are making up his face. He's wearing the spacesuit type of deal. Whoa. Holy (laughs) shit. I'm going to have to find that episode of Zero. (laughs) And yeah, number 96. And they're mocking us with it. Yeah, it, uh, it was amazing. But I also see that it's also could be when Enoch describes it in my book of Enoch series, he describes the all seeing eye, the way it's the pyramid with the head chopped off and the triangle right at the top over it. It's because that's just the way he's describing. He's describing four corners of the earth. And then there's a firmament that's going up. And then there is an abyss that uh, is leaking in. And then above the abyss is God, the most high God. And on the dollar bill, it's a triangle in a circle. And if you're familiar with, geometry when they do the the triangle in a circle that's in a square that's in a triangle that's you know it's repeating itself over and over Mm -hmm. you know this is the type of fractal nature that we're in so i it has to eventually work on that and and what it would be just depends on what dimension that you're looking at it from so while we're standing on it it's we're inside of a ball it's literally a ball with filled with dirt and water and we're inside of it and we're like half in the middle somewhere that's what i say and then you get the um the possibility of the toroidal uh, perspective yeah i know you want to throw everything into the the quantum (laughs) physics into a dimensional changes and quantum (laughs) physics now we're getting into like actual science I know. Like the science that actually uses the scientific method and everything. How about that? I feel like we've abandoned that on uh, a a grander scale, but it uh, it needs to be held on to desperately. Well, the scientific method needs to be protected. I I think I might just have I might (gasps) just have the best segue ever. I think. We just need to learn to trust yeah. the science. Trust the science. The science is settled. The science is settled. There's a lot of evidence, and yet people don't believe it. But let's be clear. The debate in the scientific community is settled. So, you know, you we... The cult has decided. Yes, trust the science. And it was, it was surprisingly difficult to find these clips that weren't talking about climate <laughs> all of these were talking about climate uh maybe so one of them was about the something else we need to go down next well, <laughs> yeah so that was funny all right so let me pull up i'm going to share my screen here because i have some articles nice. that we are going to go over just a bit you know we're going to do some uh science some science <laughs> we're going to do some science so Cigarettes were once physician tested and approved. So this is our new segment called Trust the Science because, you know, YouTube algorithm, we trust the science, mm-hmm. you know, all that good stuff. <laughs> uh, so here, I'm Should just we gonna... call it Trust the Scientism? <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Yeah, there you go. Trust the Scientism. Way. 
<laughs> so I'm just going to read off a little bit of this, and uh, this is about cigarettes and how we came to know cigarettes as being healthy for you at some point in history. So here you go. This was an article from 2009. Uh, cigarettes were once physician-tested and approved. From the 1930s to the 50s, doctors once lit up the pages of cigarette advertisements. So here we go. For a long time, physicians were the authority on health. For a long time, you know, as if it's not the same thing today. Patients trusted in their doctor's education and expertise, for the most part, followed their advice. When health concerns about cigarettes began to receive public attention in the 1930s, tobacco companies took preemptive action. They capitalized on public's trust of physicians in order to quell concerns about the dangers of smoking. Okay, insert what's happening today with they capitalized on the public's trust of physicians in order to quell concerns about the dangers of uh, not taking something. And thus was born the use of physicians in cigarette advertisements. You can just take the word cigarette right out of there. This, yeah. and thus was born the use of physicians in advertising, yeah, marketing, and trickster behavior and misdirection, <laughs> deception. It gets uh, real nutty in here, some of the things that happened. So during the 1920s, Lucky Strike was the dominant cigarette brand. This brand, made by American Tobacco Company, was the first to use the image of a physician in its advertisement, where it said 20,679 physicians say, Luckies are less irritating. Its advertisements proclaimed the advertising firm that promoted Lucky Strikes had sent physicians free cartons of the cigarettes and asked them whether Lucky Strikes were less irritating to quote-unquote sensitive and tender throats. The company claimed that its toasting process made its cigarettes a smoother smoke. So not nothing too bad yet, you know, just claiming 20,000-plus physicians say something so uh, good about free, them. So you got a prescription of free cigarettes back then. Oh, they literally give you prescriptions in here, so hold on. <laughs> so so I'm getting there. Okay. I didn't know that. Okay. We're okay. trusting the science. Hold on. Okay. We're Now we're it hit the mid-30s. Lucky Strike had some competition. A new advertising campaign for Philip Morris referred to research conducted by physicians. One ad claimed that after prescribing Philip Morris brand cigarettes to patients with irritated throats, quote-unquote, every case of irritation cleared completely or definitely improved by smoking cigarettes. This series of advertisements, along with others referring to, quote-unquote, proof of superiority, made Philip Morris a major cigarette brand for the first time in its history. Okay. So, you know, not not too bad. Just telling you when you get sick, smoke some cigarettes, and you'll feel better. So Yeah, real quick. Um, do you know anything about the the concept that, like, you know, tobacco itself has some health benefits? I haven't looked into it, but I have heard people talk about that. The non-nicotine? It, I mean, it's... Or is it's, it... Oh, is it the non-nicotine? Okay. I wasn't... Well, yeah. I didn't know it's that. The, all the nicotine that they add in the chemicals, but the, there is tobacco, I guess, you could have without nicotine in it that wouldn't oh. be so bad for you because uh, all the ancients smoked a lot, actually. Yeah, that's what I've heard, too. So I was just wondering if that's how they're covering for this shit. Like, oh, well, back then there was no additives. So th they actually were kind of healthy back then. But yeah, times have changed, mm -hmm. you know. Now they're bad for you. So get a digital ID. 
<laughs> no, that's an interesting take. I didn't think of it that way, but they probably weren't as bad for you. Not that they were healthier, going to help heal your throat of sickness, you know. But no. yeah, they definitely probably uh, were much easier to handle. Hmm. All right, so then we have uh, some interesting little uh, things right here. So I know that they didn't first advertise them to women because it was a big deal to not advertise for women until they weren't making enough money. And then they had to come up with a whole campaign just to get women on board. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Yep. Yeah, I heard that, too. It yeah, was a whole marketing scheme. A couple scheme. weeks ago, but it was okay. this one guy that made this whole marketing scheme to make the woman look, you know, big and bad with the cigarette. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And Wasn't look, it around wearing the time white of coats? World War II? So you know they're doctors. Well, it had to be around center. I remember seeing like old timey center foldy things with sick women with cigarettes. Yeah, I'm just thinking about like the empowerment of women during mm-hmm. the war. Yeah, perhaps around it coincided. The women voting and things like that. It was all mm-hmm. around that time. I think. You mm-hmm. see how right. the psyop works. The it's mm-hmm. so well done because you get women fighting for rights that they really shouldn't want. Because none of us should want to. We shouldn't want to vote. We shouldn't vote. <laughs> I'll say it right there. And like, just, I know this is a total side. But yeah, it, it it drives me nuts when you can see that clear as day. It's like, get them worried about this over here. So they're not even worried about the picture that they're a part of that they're painting. Yeah. But anyway, well, go ahead. Yeah, that, that's the power of uh, advertisements. So, you know, on your screen here for any audio people only. We have a doctor in a white coat where it says, not one single case of throat irritation due to smoking camels. Wow, which is like the harshest cigarette there there is. And then on another page, we have another guy in a white coat smoking a cigarette. And it says, more doctors smoke camels than any other cigarette. So here he says, one of the most famous of the campaigns of this era was the quote-unquote more doctors campaign for R.J. Reynolds Tobacco Company's Camel's brand cigarettes. These ads, which appeared in magazines from Time to Ladies Home Journal, claim that according to a nationwide study, more doctors smoke camels than any other cigarette. These ads pictured doctors in labs sitting back at their desk or speaking with patients. The idea was that if you show a physician being an, an enthusiastic partaker in smoking, the public gets the notion with what doctors know, if they choose to smoke this brand, it must be a safer, better brand, or the public thought that smoking itself must be okay. So, again, change out smoking with, if doctors are taking this, then it must be okay. A flip side of the coin, physicians were not were also not immune to the addictions of cigarettes and tobacco products, and t- tobacco companies knew it. Many physicians still doubted that there was a widespread connection between smoking and disease, Instead, it was believed that only certain individuals' health was affected by smoking. It was thought to be a case-by-case situation, which, you know, that sounds pretty accurate to me because oh, some people does. do live to be 100 and something and smoke. You know, we we all know someone that lives way past their time and they smoked every day for a long time. Well, the other part of this that's, you know, that adds up to today is that, you know, the the fact that like physicians were also not immune to the addictions of cigarettes and tobacco products and tobacco companies knew that. So it's like the same thing is happening today mm-hmm. where and it's again, what I said before too, where like the, the fact that they're advertising 
camels specifically, right? And they're less harmful and more doctors are smoking them. The, the It's just, it's unbelievable. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous that you're arguing for the safety of one brand because all the rest are dangerous instead of the idea that all of it's dangerous. It's just that perfect little psyop. Yeah. Get them worried about this little part of it instead of the whole picture. Yeah. Just get them to, you know, trust you. That's all. Just get them to trust the science and, and we'll hook them. So here we got a couple more advertisements. It's one says don't smoke is advice hard for patients to swallow. May we suggest instead smoke Philip Morris. That showed three out of every four cases of smoker's cough cleared on changing to Philip Morris. Why not observe the results for yourself? And then we have another advertisement that's a prescription, as we were talking about earlier, maybe, and it says a good prescription. So here we have, it says, cigarette companies also wanted doctors to smoke their brands. Companies like Philip Morris and R.J. Reynolds participated in medical conventions by sponsoring doctors as lounges and giving away free cigarettes in order for them to promote them they were influence. giving them things this yeah this is called coercion like this the is the word that i like that they use influence. okay so yeah. it says but the most inventive method to influence physicians was rj reynolds creation of its medical relations division this division was based out of an R.J. Reynolds advertising firm and focused on promoting Camel cigarettes by finding researchers who could substantiate the medical claims that the company was making in advertisements. Now the company was able to refer to research findings in their advertisements, both to consumers and to physicians. So they're just finding people who will okay them and saying mm -hmm. that it's okay. All right, so then they here we... spokespeople. Yeah, they definitely need them. So now we're going to get into a, a little bit more wild stuff. We're almost done with the article here in a moment. But in the late 1940s and early 50s, a transition began began to appear in these ads. Advertisements for camels began to incorporate a try-it-for-yourself approach. Although the ads still pictured physicians proclaiming cigarettes to be less irritating, they also now encouraged consumers to test the cigarettes themselves. The test was really fun. Every camel tasted so good, and I didn't need my doctor's report to know camels are mild. But it was only a matter of time until science caught up to the advertising. By the mid-1950s, more research was being published that confirmed a link between tobacco products and lung cancer. Growing concerns among the public about the dangers of smoking cigarettes meant the slow disappearance of the physician from cigarette ads. Slowly, the tobacco companies began to band together as they realized that their entire industry was in danger. By 1953, JAMA banned tobacco ads from its pages and from AMA conventions. Other advertisers in the publication disliked having their ads placed by ads for cigarettes. Physicians also began to give up the habit. A study established in the New England Journal of Medicine in 1959 found that the number of physicians in Massachusetts who reported being regular smokers declined from 52% in 1954 to 39% in 1959. Hmm. So... So when was the the very beginning? This article talked about the 1920s. So it took yeah, it about 39, 40 years for them yes. to figure out. Like, All oops, right. so, we yeah. should have done some research. Right. So here's here we, of our own. Here we go. The proof. On January 11th, 1964, Surgeon General Luther Terry announced the findings of the Surgeon General's Advisory Committee on Smoking and Health. The report, Smoking and Health Report of the Advisory Committee to the Surgeon General of the United States. <laughs> 
Man, they use words official. just to use words. <laughs> Concluded that there was a link between lung cancer and chronic bronchitis and cigarette smoking. In a press conference, Terry said it is the judgment of the committee that cigarette smoking contributes substantially to mortality from certain specific diseases and to the overall death rate. By the end of 1965, the tobacco industry was required to put warning labels on its products and advertisements to warn the public of health risks associated with smoking. So I got two more paragraphs here. So after a couple hundred years of tobacco use, tobacco companies will lose several more major battles throughout the next few decades, including the ban on television ads in 1970, when Richard Nixon signed the Public Health Cigarette Smoking Act. In 2005, tobacco companies made a settlement with the National Association of Attorneys General that included an agreement to remove tobacco ads from the school library editions. Uh, oh, took wow. till 2005, 85 <laughs> years later, of Time, wow. People, Sports Illustrated, and Newsweek. Despite all this, about 45 million Americans still smoke, although the CDC, who trusts them, estimates that tobacco use decreased. And when I said who, I meant the WHO trusts them. Uh, use <laughs> decreased by almost one-third between 1990 and 2007. It is estimated more than 400,000 people still die before their time. I don't believe that because nobody does before they're supposed to as a result yeah, yeah. of tobacco products. I didn't realize that 85 years, like I don't think yeah. anybody realizes any of that sentence there that it took 85 and years. There was a part, I guess I skipped over years. in the beginning here. One lifetime. Okay. So I think I skipped one of these. It says uh, for a long time, physicians, were the authority on health patients trusted in their doctor's education and expertise and for the most part followed their advice. Uh, no, I I read that. One of them, I, I don't know where it's at, but it says <laughs> that, of course, they weren't even physicians. They were actors. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, how about that? I can't believe Mimi, I skipped that part, you though. you touched on that really important part about how long it took the scientists to the science to catch up with the yeah. advertising. And people really need to to remember to realize the connection to what's going on now, and how little yeah, we're we at actually ground zero are. right now yeah. for, for what we're doing to our bodies, or not me, but you know other people. Okay, here it is. It says although the doctors in these advertisements were always actors and not oh, real boy. physicians, <laughs> the image of the physician permeated cigarette ads for the next two and a half so decades. Was I guess propaganda was legal then? Or now? Yes, it was. Well, actually, yeah, one way back then, because the, yeah, I think it was the, 40s. the Smith Munt Act. Yeah, it was way. I think it was the 40s, 60s that the Smith. 60s? Was it that early? I think it was. I, I think it was, it was right after 60s, World War II. You might be right. It could have been right after World War II. I can't remember. But uh, I don't know. Yeah, well, maybe we could look into that. But all right. So uh, but, um, that was pretty uh, informative. I mean, I kind of. I've, you know, we've all seen the memes about, you know, doctors used to recommend cigarettes and everything, but going into the details of it, it's, it's very telling because it sounds very, very similar. And doctors, Yeah, it, it does. And now that leads us to, you know, what happened uh, this week in today's uh, current news. I got some current news things. And so we'll transfer right into a scientific thing where Dr. Fauci is blasted over puppy research claims uh, have you seen this yeah i didn't know they were just claims i've i've accidentally ran into video footage at one oh, point yeah. and i had to throw my phone because i oh, like dogs no. <laughs> yeah yeah it was horrible uh if anyone wants I to know about this, this uh you know they 
they uh, cut the vocal cords of different mm. dogs, uh, which actually it has a name for it uh, that I read in here. I forget. Uh, here it is. Remove uh, cord cordectomies. Why? Uh, t- so to reduce to barking. reduce barking because oh, they're just you because, know, annoying you. Silence no, them. Well, because then they cage their heads and put fleas in there, so the fleas would uh, pretty much their faces and they couldn't cry yeah oh yeah oh. yeah so this is what they were doing conducted oh. humanely under anesthesia yeah sounds perfectly humane. yeah this is to reduce noise oh. yeah, which is just stressful you know we don't want to hear that yeah. we don't want to debark dogs in research uh you know it, this There's is people that do this to, to no. their own dogs i've heard of debarking a dog before Ugh. like there's people that actually go and do this Sandflies yeah. bites draw blood and can transfer the parasites responsible for leishmaniasis in neg- uh, neglected tropical disease yeah um, I, of course they have to justify this with saving people they're always saving so many lives yeah it's, yeah. it's for the children oh definitely... i'm glad you yeah. said that because Did uh, I get you into something else too? Yeah, oh, there, wow. here's something else for the children from Doctor Falchi. Oh, no. oh, he always has so many nice surprises. I, I'm really not doing this on purpose. This oh, what complete, happened? Why uh, is this one not coming up? Coincidence. Refresh. This is CBS Refresh. News from a 2005 AIDS drugs tested on foster kids. Oh, oh come on! Christ. Now establishing <laughs> connection. I had this up for hours. You know, establishing connection. Oh, of course, they have to Deep hit me fakes. with more ads. <laughs> so March or May fourth, maybe the fourth be with you, two thousand five. Mm. Before that, hey, was that's when we. Uh, that's when we finally did that cigarette thing too. It took till two thousand five. Uh, there you go. They were a busy year. They tested yeah. a. They tested AZT on orphan kids before they took cigarette advertisements out of children's school books, uh, uh, magazines. You know, that's just that's where we are. Yeah, so government-funded researchers tested AIDS drugs on hundreds of foster children over the past two decades, so this was in the 80s and 90s, often without providing them a basic protection afforded in federal law and required by some states. So this isn't anything to do with COVID or political stuff. This is from 16 years ago, almost 17 now. And it just came out this week because of the dog incident. People started looking into this Dr. Fauci and NIAID and NIH. And what are they actually funding? They're doing all of this stuff. And, well, let's the just pro, see what they've the been doing. Just ensured that foster children, mostly poor minority, received care from world-class researchers at government expense, slowing their rate of death and extending their lives. Well, how nice of them. Yeah. uh, But it also exposed a vulnerable population to the risks of medical research and drugs that were known to have serious side effects in adults and for which the safety for children was unknown. So the research was conducted in at least seven states, Illinois, Louisiana, Maryland, New York, North Carolina, Colorado, and Texas. Be ashamed of yourselves and involved more than four dozen different studies. So more than 48 studies. Here's another case of create the disease, create mm-hmm. the the thing that, you know, takes care of the disease, but test it on unsuspecting victims first. The foster so children... kill double the amount of people. Yeah, there you go. The foster oh. children range from infants to late teens. 
infants till 18. Several studies that enlisted foster children reported patients suffered side effects such as rashes, vomiting, and sharp drops in infection-fighting blood cells as they tested antiretroviral drugs to suppress AIDS or other medicines to treat secondary infections. In one study, researchers reported a quote-unquote disturbing high death rate among children who took higher doses of a drug. That study was unable to determine a safe and effective dosage. Jesus. This, this is, is unreal. Yeah, and in 19... Guess I mean, what? In 1983... Yeah, in 1983, the government provided special protections for child wards, and this was after that, and uh, so they were supposed to be required to do all these things, and uh, they didn't. Uh, however, researchers and foster agencies told AP uh, that foster children in AIDS drug trials often weren't given such advocates, even though research institutions many times promised to do so to gain access to the children. Jeez. Illinois officials believe none of their two, nearly 200 foster children in AIDS studies got independent monitors. New York City shows less than a third, 142 of the 465 had monitors, even though the city required them. Uh, and here, same thing, Memorial Hospital, Johns Hopkins University in Baltimore. Uh, you know, this shit was just going on crazy. They uh, Officials estimate that 5% to 10% of the 13,000 children enrolled in pediatric AIDS studies funded by NIH since the late 1980s were in foster care. So 5 to 10% of these people were experimented on with no understanding of what was happening or any adult supervision. They had nobody to care for them. Some foster children died during studies, but state or city agencies said they could find no records that any deaths were directly caused by experimental treatments. Of course not. And this oh, is just the, the ones they tell us. It carry on top, right? They had pneumonia and lung issues, I'm sure. Yeah. What do you say? What do you say to the people out there that that read this and and they think, well, this is just human error, or it's just a couple bad apples here and there. You can't blame this big global conspiracy. It could say children. It could say monkeys. It could say dogs, and it would still make me as upset as I am. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's horrible. Know, I mean, right, uh, but... this is yeah. What I would say to somebody is, well, here's the proof. You know. Uh, we put the pulled up, We pulled up three articles from different time periods, and these are crazy things. And there's common happening. denominators. Absolutely crazy. Absolutely, scientists common don't have a heart. So that's a good little segue for Arthur Kaplan, head of medical ethics at the University of Pennsylvania, said advocates should have been appointed for all foster children because researchers felt the pressure of a medical crisis and knew there was a great uncertainty as to how children would react to AIDS medications that were often toxic for adults. This is people that are just doing their job. Yeah, I, this mm -hmm. is the guy, of the, the head of they medical don't fight ethics. They don't fight it because they want their paycheck. shouldn't be doing this. Yep, they don't fight it because they want a paycheck and they just do what they're That's supposed what to do. Yeah, a lot of this is incentivized. I say it often on the show. It's a lot of, it doesn't, you know, people that don't believe conspiracy theories are, you know, that's getting few or far between, I hope. But, um, they assume it's all, oh, you think everyone's involved? No, I think they involve as few people as humanly possible. 
and they fire the people who won't do it and they get them. people who will come like if yeah. a, a doctor won't perform on them that they'll move them to a department or whatever take them off get somebody else on that will do it you know just right. like the cigarette companies they would keep finding a doctor until someone said that it would work for them because exactly. that's what they do that's their job if they're not doing that they're they're not doing their job and it's our jobs to they're... be moral yeah. internally there um like i would say one part of bob lazar's story for instance that you know he gave away the 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 truth because i don't believe a lot of his his stuff but uh they always pepper in the truth and the idea that everything is very compartmentalized absolutely that's yeah. exactly how they operate they can't have everybody knowing the whole piece the, the whole the whole thing they just give little pieces here and there to figure out those individual parts so they can put the puzzle together themselves behind closed doors yeah yeah this is you know incentives reminds me you know not only of the medical community and the government community but the celebrity community the Mm -hmm. education communities yeah yeah they don't all have to i mean all about free swag and free shit i'm sorry i don't think everyone like blocking their uh they they're probably told to do it maybe because the people telling them to do it know that it's going to fuck with tons of conspiracy theorists and piss mm-hmm. tons of people off but my and God. they have no advocate so it's much they easier no to advocates. do yeah it's a lot of these people that we blame for satanism and shit are most likely just following their coercion you know yeah. and they've been incentivized all the way up to glamour and and everything not all of them i'm just saying we can't say right. this about everybody and we don't for those who think we do right no, we don't. right we don't name names uh typically you know because we just let the evidence speak for itself there's no reason uh, well you'll see that there's main names that are you know common denominators and then there's these you know other doctors and other specialists and they don't name their names because these are the people that are just doing their job mm-hmm. i think well, and then here you go. Uh, there's a paragraph in here that says the U.S. Office for Human Research Protections created to protect research participants after the infamous Tuskegee syphilis studies on black men is investigating the use of foster children in AIDS research. Uh, you know, this is another experiment that was done on people. Uh, Tuskegee. Tuskegee. It's Tuskegee. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, horrifying. And when I yeah. learned about that as a young person, I'm like, wait, this happened way like what? This happened in like this century? Yep. Like and and that's when, you know, another door blew open because it's yeah. like and now to see advertisements last year or the beginning of this year or whatever that were like, you know, and guess what? That's right. We're giving the vaccine to the black community first because we care and I'm just like holy shit yeah, we're giving right. it to all the poor and impoverished right, right. yeah and we're gonna too. give it to the children and the women and then right we're mm-hmm. gonna give it to your dogs and your cats yeah. <laughs> so, so if anyone wants to read this you know you can go on check out cbsnews.com i saw a yeah. meme that said something like you know you can give a vaccination to the entire to every person in the entire world but you can't send you know Food. a loaf of bread right right exactly <laughs> you know? so we're getting a little short on time i hate to right. do that but i do i gotta go talk to sammy and okay. uh i do have to like do some things beforehand so i don't want to 
cut it too close but um i don't want to cut us off like that so let's you know do a nice little wrap up here because this was All a right. really cool really cool episode too yeah yeah I had a, yeah i i like to uh you know i kind of threw that together last minute the the whole science thing but i was like, i liked it a lot yeah, that was a lot yeah. i thought you were only gonna have like one or two yeah, man, that was great. How we well, jumped from one thing to another. That was awesome. Yeah, it, it worked out that way. That was way. a it's... complete coincidence. I did not know. <laughs> I didn't know what he had pulled up. God kind up. of uh, segues things for me, and I just see mm-hmm. them cease the moment, you know, seize the moment. Uh, so, and yeah, dude, it worked the beagle, out. The, the thing about dogs, like, I've been hearing Fauci and Beagle and, and like, the Fauci dog memes. I've, I've seen those for, like, over a year. Oh, you know, really? like, this oh yeah. And now granted, I didn't see like tons of articles or anything or tons of uh, podcasts covering it, but yeah, that shit, I've heard about that for a long time. So when recently I've been hearing it again more, I just kind of, oh, okay, whatever, because right. it's, it was old news. There was just, you know, another piece of how bad these people are. It's just funny that it's just seems to I guess coming out on a bigger scale now, I guess. I don't know. Right. That's funny. Just another thing that was already being talked about. And now it's uh, in a, perhaps in a controlled way being let out. Yeah. Yeah. That's I always don't, how it goes. I, I wonder, you know, ultimately I wonder why they're throwing him out. You know, is it the whole, that they're just, uh, that maybe someone took over and stronger that yeah that they're not real anymore uh have you well, seen they, they're they're irrelevant so even the yeah. most think about uh did you ever see kevin costner's robin hood no uh, prince, uh, prince of thieves yeah yeah back I in have the 90s one. yeah and the comedy yeah, central don't see the don't see the new one it, no no that was men in tights that made fun oh, okay. of prince of thieves so okay. it probably happened this a similar way because it is a parody but sheriff of nottingham kills his favorite cousin his 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 next of kin just be for fucking something up. No one matters to them. Everyone yeah. is expensive. I mean, this is the, always the same behavior you see in all the mob movies that we love so much. And they're, right. and I did, I love Goodfellas and shit, but what it does is it shows you exactly not a group of Italians and how they act. It's showing you the personality of the real mob, right? Because that's exactly how they operate. You know what I mean? And people have told me they call it organized crime, you know, instead of, you know, the elites or whatever, because that's really what it is. It's familial crime. Yeah. I think yeah, it was Exertus that said that. It's crazy uh, how they just put it in our minds and normalize it so that when we see it happen, uh, you know, I'm used yeah. to it. It's not, I knew it's not that really was shocking. coming. I knew that was coming. Hey, Mimi, what is the name of that cartoon on Netflix that we were watching yesterday? It wasn't very funny. It was kind of making Making fun fun of conspiracy theories. Yes. It's called like Into Space or something. I forget. Yeah. I could be way off. My homie Mason from Schumann Beings, he was on one of my um, my, uh, big witness roundtables that will come out in November. Uh, he turned me on to that and yeah it's very interesting i've only seen a little bit of it so far but it's the same old shtick it's making it's mocking us Mm -hmm. while revealing some things and parroting other things well my question for you is do you know today's day and age with the president and vice president using sets 
across the street from the White House. Inside mm. Job. Uh, it's called Inside Job is the show. Yes. Okay. It's not very funny yes. at all. And it's not I'm... very informative either. It's kind of like a ripoff of Rick and Morty, but, but not does... funny mention like every single yeah. solitary in, in the first five minutes yeah, everything the first five is minutes. And, and that's how pop culture does right. everything that we like they go oh is yeah. this what you wanted like yeah, right. kind yeah, of but it came gross. out sounding like pop punk. yeah yeah so yeah I, I just wonder if there is something to the thing of a company doing this that they are putting on the show that maybe i don't think that may Maybe they're not allowed in the White House, and that's why they have a set. And uh, so this is the like the last thing I'm going to talk about because the cargo ships surrounding the Americas right now. This is an oddity with China having the capability of hiding missiles inside as looking like cargo ships and or troops. And we have the Mexican border is already uh, run amok. And the Canadian uh, border that we know that they were, the Chinese were training for mil- winter military there last year. Mm-hmm. So, and they have an open invitation by Justin Trudeau. And it just, it comes to biblical prophecy when it says that Israel will be surrounded by the enemy uh, and God will intervene. And when the enemy goes to strike, God will send fire that stops the enemy in its tracks. And, you know, it's kind of seeming that it could be where we are at this very moment in history. Dude, that feels like something I've heard from, like, the likes of Freddie Silva and a couple other people in his area about um He, he showed a uh, a crop circle that was like a perfect notation of our solar system. And it was missing earth. And Mm. it also signified like a year and it was like 2029 or something like that. And I've often heard also that it's like, it's really up to us. You can, you can stop these elites just like you can go within and stop your ego and get control of your own body. You as a species can get a hold of this planet, but if you don't, that's why the reset happens. Because oh well, it ran its course, and up oh, the the bad guys took over. They they got the checkmate, so there comes the fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe that's the the asteroid. Well, actually, maybe we don't have to face it because we're all gonna, you know, wake up to all this before maybe, that happens. Maybe the fire is the CMA, the X class CMA that is hitting Earth on Halloween, the Day of the Dead. And it wasn't it you that brought forth the theory that. Uh, Possibly mm. that was the cataclysm hit on Halloween, and here we that, are. That time period, at least in the harvest right. season, because that's when the torrid meteor stream would be passing by. At least that massive, right. deteriorating chunk of it, supposedly, and that yeah, Halloween is remembered across the world, whether we know it or not, for the time that we lost everybody, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. it's a really Ex- creepy theory, and it's from Randall Carlson, so it's like. Yeah, he's good with math. The dude's a master builder. He's pretty smart. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I wonder if X-Class Solar Flare equals uh, X-Men, if that's what creates X-Men on the Day of the Dead. You know, something to that effect. But we're going to let you go here. uh, Yes. You've got a big night tonight. You know, tell Sam we said hello. 
Absolutely. Uh, and yeah, for good every, luck. Have a good time. Right. Hell and yeah. for everybody on YouTube and all of our audio listeners, it was nice chatting with you guys. We will catch you later. Good night. See ya. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.